When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. It's a Sunday, and that means when the clock says 2 o'clock, we're on with all of you, and you can always get our podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We're here. And happy Passover, happy Easter to all of you. I hope these are joyous holidays and that all your wishes come through. That really makes a big difference. Well, my family came in from California, Paris to New York to celebrate the holidays with us. So as a surprise today, I've got my daughter-in-law, Christina Kirk, who's a gifted actress. I've got my granddaughter, Stella, Stella Louise Kirk Hamburg, and she's gifted at so many things. And I've got John Hamburg, my son, and they're all here, and they're all very shy about using the microphone. And son John has a little laryngitis. So go close to the radio, not John. (laughs) And Kevin, our engineer, can make John sound great. So he's going to fix him up. But you notice that in the New York Times, they did a travel section last week, and it was all about family travel. This is the big trend. People take their kids and go everywhere. And in fact, my friend Lynn Scher, whom you may know from all her years as a television journalist, Lynn brought her granddaughter, and they went to Africa, and where Lynn had gone years ago and came back to share the experience with her granddaughter and it was quite fabulous. And then John, Christina and Stella went um, to Paris and they went with another couple. So I thought it would be interesting to hear what happened, how was that? Cause you had not traveled with th- that kind of family travel before. No, we hadn't, uh, we hadn't taken Stella out of the country. She's been, you know, back and forth from New York to LA dozens of times and to Hawaii and other places, but never uh, international. And so, you know, we tried to make it work so so she would, you know, get a taste for that kind of travel and be excited about it moving forward. And you went with another family, very close friends of yours. Is that something you would recommend for a first time outing? That was great because we, yeah, we went with our very close friends who have two kids. Um, one is Stella's age and one a couple of years older and they're all very close and it was great because we could, you know, they, the kids could they kinda could hang out, hang out right. and the grownups could hang out. We could hang out all seven of us. So it, it was, yes, I would recommend it completely. And there were no problems. When you do a trip like that, how important is planning? Plan? I think planning, the way we did it was very important. I mean, we did, we, we worked, you recommended a woman who has a tour company, a woman named Rachel Kaplan, 
who has a tour company in Paris. I met her in Paris, what, 10 years ago or something? A little bit longer, I think. Yeah. And and she was great. She Yeah, if you Google Rachel Kaplan Paris, her company will come up. And she, we work, I worked with her, um, the um, mom from the other family, Abby, she and I kind of worked on the whole thing. Christina, my wife, had no idea what we were doing. It was all a surprise. (laughs) And she kind of liked it that way. Um, But we planned, you know, a combination of things like kind of touristy things, seeing the Louvre and going to um, Versailles and other things. And then some, you know, some days we would just be free to wander around, which is what you want to do as well in in a city like Paris. Right. But did you make restaurant reservations in advance? I've always done that in Europe because it's not easy to get into places. Well, it's really crowded. A lot of people now that, you know, the pandemic is not over but let's say we're living with it yeah so um people are traveling like crazy if they if they can you know and uh so we made restaurant reservations every night because we were seven um sometimes we made lunch reservations but we had you know we we, one great thing was we had some guides on these tours that was good so a guide on the tour of the louvre can you know the louvre museum you can take three months to look at the whole thing and we tried to squeeze it in in a couple hours you know So, um, but, you know, so the guide was great and showed us, you know, kind of what they consider the most important works of art in the museum. And we had another guide when we went to Versailles, which was amazing. So yeah, those kind of things were great to plan in advance. Yeah. And the reason that I liked Rachel and it was so long ago, I felt worried about recommending her, but we took our young producer who had never been anywhere, you know, let alone Europe and she only wanted to see the Mona Lisa and we only had a few hours and the Louvre was closing. So this young woman said, leave it up to me. And next thing you know, she's beckoning us. She found a garbage man who was dumping the garbage from the Louvre. The end of the day was closed or closing. And he signaled for us to follow him sneaked in the back with all the garbage and there we were all by our lonesomes looking at the mona lisa and you know i you showed me a picture of stella yeah and even though she was trying to get up front to see it there was so many people there it's crazy i mean it's so packed to see that one there's amazing works of art that everybody walks by on their way to the mona lisa because that's the work of art everybody knows but stella who's 11 somehow managed to find her way to the front, you know, of the of the rope line to look at the Mona Lisa, but then got stuck. She couldn't get out. So how did she get so out? So the uh, Louvre guide opened up the rope and Stella <laughs> kind of scantered past the Mona Lisa and, and back to the group. Yeah, and was were the kids impressed with the Mona Lisa? Probably the most famous painting in the world. Um, I think they thought it was pretty cool the way her eyes follow you everywhere. Yeah, that I think was, that was a highlight. I would think kids would be a little unnerved by that, but they weren't. They seem to like it. They, yeah. they, you know, she seems like a pretty friendly woman, the Mona Lisa. So I think I think they liked it. Yeah, were there a lot of families traveling like you guys? A lot. Yeah, lots of lots of families, lots of parents with you know young kids, different ages from everywhere. I mean, from you could tell they were from other European countries or from Asia. A lot of Americans. So what? you tell people to do 
if they were planning this trip. Is Paris a good beginning for kids this age? Well, I yeah, I mean, that's why we chose Paris. We were thinking of going to um, Japan, which is a amazing. We've been, you took us there. We've been there a couple of times. But um, Paris, I think, is a great kind of introduction to international travel for kids because it's so fun to walk around. The food is incredible. You know, every street corner has the most amazing baguettes and croissants and chocolate croissants and, and cookies, cookies, macarons. Uh, you know, the, I don't love that kind of stuff, but Stella certainly uh, enjoyed it. Um, and uh, Stella developed a taste for beef cheeks. I, I didn't. I that was new to me. That. Beef cheek, which is like a beef bourguignon kind of thing. You mean it? It's like a stew. Yeah, it's a... like a braised meat. She got really into that. Uh, I can't believe she would eat that once she read the title. Well, yeah, she she was. But into she it. was in Europe. Yeah, but you know, also you every place you can get steak frites, French fries, mm, and you know all that kind of stuff. Wish we had that right now. That's that's uh, delicious. You're not. I thought we were going to go to lunch after this. Yeah, we are. All right. I'm not sure it was steak frites. I was thinking more of a grilled cheese. Okay. <laughs> steak frites sounds really good. Yeah, and I like that. So family travel if you're organized, could be the way to go. Yeah, I think I think the fun thing to do is to plan a bunch of stuff and then, have, you know, a combination of planning and then, you know, just days where you sort of pick a neighborhood and maybe you have one destination you want to go to, but you can wander around and, you know, sort of be flexible. That, that combination worked really well for us. But again, if you're going with, you know, a bigger group or even four people or three, whatever your family is, five, having those reservations um, in advance just took the stress out because you knew you had a place to eat. You're not trying to, yeah. you know, wait online forever and that kind of thing. No, I think that really, it really makes a difference. And no matter when you go, there are so many tourists everywhere. I know, I know. So what would you say would be the highlight of your trip? The highlight of the trip, gosh, there's so many. Um, I mean, maybe this dinner we had at a place called, well, I can't speak French, but Relais L'Entrecote, L apostrophe. Yeah, Entrecote yeah. the meat. And it's a, um, it, there's a few of them in Paris and I think one in London. And the only thing they serve there, there's no menu. So you wait online for about an hour. You meet people online mm. all waiting for the same thing. You go in, no menu. You just get salad. And the other, the only thing you have to wonder about is what, how well you want your steak cooked. Right. The they, only dish they have is steak and French fries. That sounds good to in me. A, in a sauce, this magical sauce. Mm. We asked them the recipe, but she refused to give it up. And um, no dessert. Yeah, dessert. You can choose dessert. But my favorite. That was amazing. Part of it is that you wait online, so once you get in, you know you feel so excited because you've sort of made it through the gauntlet, and um, it's really warm and inviting and boisterous, and then you and. You know, every time you sit down at a menu, you have so many choices to make, but it's kind of fun not to have to think about anything other than rare or medium rare or well done. But I'm curious, how does um, your daughter like her meat? I would say medium. Yeah, because you trained her, you and Christina. Well, yeah, you and Dad always ate your steaks well too over. I know, we're the old school. That was from my grandfather, though. You also always order chicken well done, which I find very strange. But I'm like, you know, maybe we shouldn't 
Maybe we could unpack this on this on this show. <laughs> no, it's true because I my grandpa lived with us and he wouldn't eat anything unless it was burned yeah. or overcooked. Yeah. So we got used to it. He loved hamburgers, but they were like little iron rocks. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's been passed along to you. You're a very good cook, but just yeah, you no, know, I do a few like extra things. minutes in the oven sometimes. I do like things overcooked. So let's switch for a minute from taking your kids to Paris, or which I, to me would be a perfect first trip. London or Paris would be the way to go. How is the movie business? <laughs> um, the movie business is uh, it's going pretty well. I mean, it's at a very interesting point because of all the streamers, you know, Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon, things you didn't wouldn't have thought about, you know, 10 years ago, suddenly that's who are the, some of the biggest um, studios making making movies and TV now. So it, it's changed everything. Uh, not, oh, it, it can be in a good way, but it's it certainly is different. Well, Netflix, I just read even in a recent paper, was um, changing some of their things that they're doing. Do you know anything about that? Um, I mean, I think they're always evolving. I mean, Netflix has made a big change in that they're, they have ads now. You can pay less for your subscription, but you'll have ads. Uh -huh. So that changes it. And um, they're all evolving. We're, we're at a point where it's, it's almost like the beginning of the movie business 100 years ago, where it's so different and it's all evolving. And the way people consume Entertainment. I mean, now they're starting to go back to the movie theaters to see certain things. Right. They'll see John Wick or Top Gun Maverick or mm -hmm. certain horror movies. Um, hopefully, they'll go back and see comedies because that's my well, they genre. Need it. But um, but a lot of people are perfectly happy to just be at home on the couch and, and watch the new release. You know, they, that's how people are watching entertainment now. There, you know, because going out to the movie theaters is a big. Big commitment. So what's going to happen to the movie theaters? Well, they're, they're going to cater. They're actually doing pretty well. I think people are starting to come back. But the movie theaters, the kind of dramas or movies we would go to, you know, when we were younger, people don't go see those as often in movie, in movie theaters. They go see Marvel movies. They see animated movies, family movies. Um, once in a while, something like everything, everywhere all at once will break through. But that's kind of more rare. Yeah. So they go for big spectacle entertainment most of the time. But you know what? There's going to be a comedy that everyone's going to go see in the movie theater. And suddenly people will say, you have to see comedy in a movie theater. So it, it, it's always evolving. Yeah, but you know, to me, I love comedy, but I don't like watching it alone. Yeah. I, I just feel that comedy needs... Yeah, because well, when you laugh, you like to laugh with a lot of people. I mean, yes, people, uh, you know, watching comedy in a big group, is, there's nothing better with everybody laughing communally. But, you know, a couple of my movies have gotten discovered more on home video or people watching them at home. They weren't big hits in the theater like like um, Zoolander, which we did with Ben Stiller. It wasn't really that successful in the theaters. But then over the years, people discovered it. Uh, at home, you know, is always on playing on television and it became one of our most popular movies. So, you know, people did, they might watch it with two or three people or a lot of people, they watched it in college dorm rooms and, you know, right. things like that. I'm sure you get this all the time. I mean, you 
broke into this business very young. But how does a kid today get started? I mean, I know there's no answer. People are constantly asking me. I say, yeah, I can't answer that question. And my son gets annoyed when I ask him because it seems obvious. Well, it's not. There's no clear path. Right. It's not. It's just not like law school or or medical school where there's kind of a path. You know, it's it's um it's really hard to say. You just have to find. I always tell people, you know, you just have to. Obviously, you have to work really hard. You have to find your voice, you know, and and stick to it and and make as many connections as possible. And kind of one thing can lead to the to the next and things like that. So. Yeah, I wish there was an easy answer, but there's just not. But there's not. And there are still a lot of kids breaking through? Well, there's always a need for fresh voices. And mm. and I think there's opportunities for a lot more voices um, to be heard from. And, you know, so it, it it is an exciting time in that regard. But I remember you and your cousin, who's in the movie business, would actually make movies, you know, handheld cameras, just crazy yeah. things. But you would rather than constantly wait to see if you're going to be discovered, you discovered yourselves yeah. by doing that. And it made a big difference. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do now. They can now it was much harder back when we were starting out to make something because we didn't have now you can do it on an iPhone and edit it on your edit a movie on your phone and upload it to YouTube or or, uh, you know, TikTok or anything like that. And, and you know, you can break through that way as well. I, I always think that, you know, something that has a unique point of view can break through. Right, if it's if it's strong and it can stand on its own. Yeah. Very encouraging, good advice. Thank you, Johnny. What are you working on now? Um, I'm working on uh, my beef cheek recipe. I have to make it for Stella. That's my main. Wait, what is the recipe? My beef, beef bourguignon. Oh, beef bourguignon. <laughs> um, and a couple of movie projects as well. So working on a few things. Yeah, well, there's a really good, I have a really good recipe for that. I'll have to give it to you. Okay. It was actually in a movie about Julia Child. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's Julie that, and Julia. I love and that. it's that recipe. We watched that with Stella, actually. Yeah. So that try that recipe. It's so delicious. I'll have to... Um, We'll rewatch the movie and record that scene so I can get the ingredients correctly. Yeah, you, it's not a hard recipe, but okay. you have to cook it a long time. That's well, you'd be, see, that's why you're good at that, because you like to cook stuff for a long time. Well, but that is like a braise or something. Exactly. I know. It, it isn't like you're making a steak. Or, no. And you guys don't eat so much meat. We grew up eating a lot of meat. You kids ate, had a lot of meat, too. Yeah, we, we eat everything. It was, it was the time. Now we're into organic and healthy. And you do eat healthy, right? Uh, I think we eat pretty healthy. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate all of you coming over. Thanks, Mom. Maybe you want to move back to New York. We'll talk about it after the show ends. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for sharing the Hamburg-Kirk family with Christina, Stella, and John. I'm Joan Hamburg. Much more after this. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It happened again. A young American journalist who actually was sort of starting his career with the Wall Street Journal 
Evan um, Jeshkovitz was picked up by the Russians. And we are all across America, our government, trying to get this young man released. I want you to know more about him, and it's important that we keep his name up front and that people are aware of what's going on. So we invited one of his good friends, Simon, college buddies, to tell us a little bit about Evan. Who is he? Could such a thing be possible? And fill us in with some of the blanks. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, John. Go. Tell me what you... No, know. you know, go ahead. No, I, I had to go ahead. No, I'm just curious. When you were friends at college, did was this something you could ever imagine this young guy would do? I mean, I, I could... In terms of the journalism part of it, I, I, this was something that I could definitely imagine that he is one of the bravest from the first day of college. Uh, he was my, I lived with him all four years and he was just one of the bravest people I know. He was just so passionate about journalism and getting the story right. And with his uh, Russian background, I think, um, I think I, I, I probably could always envision him like being a part of something really important that uh, like reporting the news in Russia. Uh-huh. But not being a spy. No, and those those allegations are um, the U.S. government. Those are absurd. He was the charges. Um, what he was doing was his job. Um, I think uh, the reason why we know about how, what life is like in Russia and how and how um, the we know about like the war and all that stuff is because of journalism. It's because of brave people who are reporting the news, and that's what he was doing. And um, yeah, I think that the charges are absurd, and there's that's and it's yeah, that's yeah. I got a note last night asking all of us, I mean everyone, to send him a note encouraging him know that he isn't forgotten, that no matter where we are, who we are, how old we are, we're there, you know, pushing the government, pushing everything to make sure that he gets released. Would you say that should be encouraged? Yes, I think that like the best thing everyone can do is one, is they can write a letter to Evan. I, uh, the folks that we've spoken to that have uh, been in the prison that he is in have said that like that is what keeps you sane and that is what get, makes helps you get through this is reading the letters and having that connection with the outside world and a reminder of like all the support you have, especially when you're alone and alone in your own thoughts, just having that, being able to read anything, you know, you can write him about what you did today or, or what's going on in sports or what is going on in the music scene. I think just like that connection with the outside world is just so important. And then the other thing is exactly what is why it's first I have to thank you, Joan. I think the second most, well, probably more important is, is banging pots and pans, right? Like keeping the story, right at the top of the headlines, because that's what really moves the needle. Right. I think it's very important. And tell me, do you, Simon, want to give the address again to all these people listening so they know, even as you said, 
what you had for breakfast. I mean, anything that brings reality to this awful situation. Yeah, so you can go to uh, freegershkovich.com, free as in F-R-E-E, Gershkovich, uh, G-E-R-S-H-K-O-V-I-C-H.com, and you can type out your your letter, and then it will be sent to somebody who will translate it into Russian because the Russians will only deliver letters that are in Russian. Um, and so then that's how it will get to him. And, yeah, I think it's I – w- look, I encourage people to write, like you said, and don't overthink it, you know? Don't be like, I don't know what I would say. Hey, whatever. Just that's the support we can show. And, and remind him and that, you know, journalism is not a crime. You know, reporting the news and telling the story um, is not a crime. That is like one of the most important things that um, you can do. And how do you guys know, Simon, that the Russians are going to deliver mail to him? Have they been good about that? I think we we don't have a lot of information on that, but but I believe just based on like precedent and what we know from previous situations is that messages are delivered. I appreciate your taking the time. We'll be in touch and follow up on this story. And thank you to you and to Evan. And I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. And take a minute and send off an email, a note, a letter, or something, and make sure that you also send copies to the government. Okay, everyone, we'll talk a little bit more right after this. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you all for sharing the Joan Hamburg Show with me. I appreciate your taking the time, and I wish you the happiest of holidays. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. May all good things come to each and every one of you. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC Radio.